Automation and autonomous solutions are frequently cited as being integral to smart minds of the future. Recently, mining media have even speculated that the COVID-19 pandemic may actually accelerate autonomous mining. Is the industry ready for this transformational leap? Or are there other directions to empower a remote workforce? In our continuing thought leader series, Hexagon's mining division CTO, Rob Dorr, is joined by portfolio managers, Fabian Kritter and Larry Estep to discuss how Hexagon is connecting autonomous ecosystems. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, I'm Neville Judd from Hexagon Radio. Autonomous mining is often cited as a destination to which the industry is heading. Yet the magnitude of investment and the social license to operate, to name but two reasons, mean that fully autonomous mining remains elusive. Joining me to discuss Hexagon's autonomous connected ecosystem strategy are Hexagon Mining's division's CTO, Rob Dorr, and portfolio managers, Fabian Kritter and Larry Astep. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Adam Steph. You bet. Good to have Thanks you on. Board. Thank you. Welcome. So, um, the words autonomous and autonomy can mean different things to different people. Um, just for some context, Rob, explain what those words mean to Hexagon when it comes to mining. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, Dev. I think. We have traditionally thrown around that a lot of those words around autonomous, autonomy, automation uh, in the mining environment. Uh, and I think 99% of the time we kind of relate it back to AHS or um, ADS, so, so autonomous haulage or autonomous drills. Um, and we've associated it in that, that area. So there is two elements that we really look at from a hexagon mining point of view. Um, one is definitely focused at uh, autonomous and, uh, and autonomy around how do we uh, empower our drills, how empower our haulage fleet and other aspects of our um, mining operation to operate without um, end users behind the wheel. But there's also that other aspect of um, automation, which is definitely about how we connect the full ecosystem. So how do we take this information from the field? How do we take our, take our planning solutions? How do we take our safety operations, everything else, and automate processes in the background uh, to make it and streamline, I guess, uh, end user um, capabilities in the mining industry? So I think there is probably a few definitions out there. Um, I think they're the, the two key areas that we focus on in the hexagon mining are really around, obviously, autonomous in terms of the vehicles and then the autonomy, which we really focus on the data, the workflow, um, and making sure that that uh, decision process becomes more automated for our end users. So Fabian, Larry, um, you oversee the autonomous and operations portfolios respectively. Um, I'll start with you, Fabian. What, what are the more obvious benefits Hexagon customers see from implementing semi-autonomous solutions such as vehicle intervention and operator assist and reverse assist? Very good question, Dave. Um, I think that's, uh, first of all, a stepping stone toward autonomy and not all customer will go to autonomy or have actually the operation which is adapted for autonomy. And they may have also other problem, 
So that's um, in, and they do not want to do also a big gap or a big leap towards autonomy, which is um, also a very radical change in the whole process and way of mining. Um, and they want to have actually solve certain problem they may have on a safety aspect or on a productivity aspect. And vehicle intervention or reverse assist are actually addressing those needs. Um, vehicle intervention is more on a safety aspect, but has also an impact on the production, of course. And reverse assist is actually uh, mainly targeting the productivity to increase productivity um but also have an impact on the safety aspect and what about you larry and your portfolio where do you where do you where do customers see the benefits yeah you know so you know fabian mentioned safety and and productivity and you know i, I like to think about process control right so the idea that um by enabling uh repeatable uh rep replicable processes you can do that with autonomous, fully autonomy, semi-autonomy, or just through through operational controls. But repeatability, process control is a significant benefit of uh, of autonomous solutions. If you can if you can find the if you can find the optimal way to do things, whether that be in a load haul cycle or drilling, and you can and you can ensure that um, you're controlling that process in a way that makes it repeatable, you can you can optimize uh, whatever that workflow might be and. And hexagon systems allow us to do that in a in a in a staged uh, uh, phase uh, uh, manner, where you start with with uh, with data, you start with integration, you start with uh, workflow workflow processes, and then move to uh, to starting to automate some of those workflows. So I think it's a perfect solution to that. You know, another thing that that people don't often talk about in autonomous solutions is operator health. Um, you know, in my experience that. There are some, as we all know in mining, there are some activities that are detrimental to, to an operator's health. And I'm not just talking about safety, I'm talking about wear and tear on, on the human body. If you can find ways to extract those, uh, those, those activities that operators are exposed to that are detrimental to, to the operator, you're gonna find that your operators are happier, they're healthier, um, they're that they enjoy coming to work more. And, and I think that's something that is often overlooked is looking at the operator and, and the ability to, to keep your operators uh, safe, not only safe, but also healthy. So Rob, um, Hexagon's mission is to enable autonomous connected ecosystems, sometimes referred to by its acronym ACE. Uh, what does that mean for mining and, and how much are your roadmap decisions as the CTO, influenced by the ACE mission. So to have an autonomously connected ecosystem means how do we make sense of all the information, all the sensors, all the data capture points that we have out in the field back to our end users? How do we connect that information, that data, uh, to be able to make smart decisions in our uh, different parts of our business? So in mining, it's obviously how do we make smarter decisions for our mining operation? How do we dispatch vehicles effectively? How do we make sure we're mining the right areas at the right time? So I think um, when we actually really break down what ACE is and, and where we're heading with that connected ecosystem, it's realistically, that's where, and the, 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 that's the power of where Hexagon Mining comes in, right? So we've had, we've got our mine planning space, we've got our operations, we've got our 
um, protect or our safety portfolios. And now what we're actually doing is more and more is connecting all of that information and all of that data together, which is now starting to give us a, a holistic picture on what's happening in our operation, a lot more situational awareness. So I think as we connect more and more of that information, our clients are getting the benefits of really understanding what is happening in their operation right now. And we're feeding the right information to the right people at the right time. And I think it's really enabling our clients to transition from that, you know, proactive, hey, yeah, I'm going to have a morning meeting. And what did we do in the last 24 hours to that more proactive um, capability of saying, well, I'm seeing this trend, guys. How do we actually rectify this now instead of uh, we could have and we should have, that sort of mentality. Well, that, that leads us nicely into our next question, which is, which is about customers. Uh, and it's it's an open question, but um, if you, I think, uh, Larry, if I can get your response first and then Fabian and then Rob, each of you spends a lot of time with customers at mine sites around the world. Um, explain some of the obstacles to going fully autonomous. What, what do you hear from them, Larry? Yeah, you know, outside the obvious ones of uh, cost and and uh, you know and, and such, I think organizational change management has has become a big obstacle, right? The the, the idea of shifting to um, fully autonomous or semi-autonomous operations in a mine is a big change for the way that we've done mining for hundreds of years, and uh, and that that has become a, a significant obstacle not only uh, not only for the individuals that are responsible for um, for executing the systems, but for the people that are that are left um, left over that are not impacted by autonomous, you know, there is a significant amount of people uh, in the mine that do not have a role in autonomous mining, whether that be a, a mechanic or a, a you know a, a, a geo or a, a planner. And so, so moving the entire organization. If you think about think about an autonomous truck fleet, that's one small piece of a mining operation. You've got a very large organization that has to change the way that they do their work in order to accommodate a shift to autonomous mining. And I think that organizational change management uh, is, a, is a huge uh, obstacle for, for mines, um, you know, to be able to fully embrace, uh, you know, an autonomous ecosystem. Yeah, I think where, where, where you're heading there and one of the terms that we get thrown around a little bit in the industry today is that uh, social licensing. So how do we actually take our, our workforce uh, on the journey of adoption of autonomy, how do we, um, you know, in different parts of the world, it definitely has different uh, implications, you know, for, from a location in, say, somewhere like APAC, where we have a predominantly FIFO-type uh, mentality, to some of the other parts in the world where, in, say, Africa, where it's a very localised uh, workforce. So that mentality of how you actually introduce and adopt autonomous is definitely uh, interesting challenges from other parts of the world. And I think that that's something that we've really got to overcome as a hurdle for, for successful adoption on a large scale for autonomous. So um, again, an open question, but Rob, uh, we'll start with you and, and Fabian and Larry, feel free to jump in um, on this. Let's say in a perfect world, mines had all the money they needed to invest in fully autonomous operations and immediately mine these mines are safer and more productive what importance do people and trust have in a scenario like that 
still a significant amount. Like I think um, there is so many, you know, I think again, if you, we go back to what that um, definition of autonomous and autonomy really is, um, we are still defining where we need to take our equipment, like source destination and how they get there. That's not being automatically calculated. So I think your dispatch becomes such a significant piece of that uh, puzzle on how we actually achieve the right results. I think um, your geologists, your tech, tech services groups in general really need to uh, have a, a much better understanding of exactly what's happening operationally and bridge that gap and break that silo down even more so that they there is that uh, constant flow and constant uh, reconciliation feedback between these two groups so that the autonomous project and, and um, solutions can actually work a lot more seamlessly than, than possibly they are today. Um, and then I think also it's going to change the dynamic in terms of the skill sets that we're, we're going to see in a mining operation. So, you know, we still need to service, we still need to maintain, we still need to fix these types of solutions. But what we see is a, a change now, you know, auto electricians and people who are more skilled in um, uh, servers and, and technology solutions and um, IT and in infrastructure are going to be, have a higher dependency, dependency in a mining operation. So I honestly don't think there's going to be a significant shift in, in the cost of those sorts of uh, um, of people on site to be able to support these solutions. It's just a different way to look at it. And I think the people who are currently in operations are very well placed to be able to support these types of solutions. And we see that as a trend in a lot of operations that have adopted uh, autonomous solutions already is that uh, they've been able to repurpose people into specific roles and have been able to pick these types of roles up significantly quicker because they have that background. Yeah, you know, Rob makes a great point. And, you know, I'd like to add, you know, if you think about autonomous mining and, and the concept of autonomous mining, people and autonomous machines will always need to interact, right? Mines are still going to require uh, robust operational controls that impact their people that, that, that they will need to drive adherence to in order to control that environment. Um, you know, this will ensure safe mining. It'll ensure that the autonomous systems are, are um, you know, are in a condition that they're, that they're uh, able to meet their production plans and their intended goals. And people and your trust in people will always remain key. And I think the, the key point there is that you're always going to have, you're always going to have people and autonomous machines interacting, whether that be sparkies or mechanics or geo or, or, or planners or, or all of those other people that, that you need to keep the mine running. So it's critical that you invest in your people and trust them. I think you you also have actually, as you said, uh, Larry and, and, and Rob, it's allow, so the skill set will change, the job environment will change as well. And now if you are actually operating a mine, you will have less people at the mine and much more people close to a city center when you have your operation control. And now you can allow to have a part-time job. What about actually uh, a mother which just um, come back to job? Uh, if she had to go to a mine, that she need to be full time on the job when she is operating from an office, actually dispatching actually vehicle in the mine which are far away. Then she can work part time. So um, people are afraid or think that they will lose their position or lose their job if there is autonomy. I think um, we have seen in in the world that operation which have made this shift. 
they have actually not reduced their workforce. They have changed their workforce. Um, and it's opened new opportunities for the people. So final question, guys. Um, our interview uh, title asks, are we there yet? Uh, when it comes to Hexagon's autonomously connected ecosystem strategy, are we? Uh, Rob, what do you think? I don't think any organization in the world is there yet. Um, I think we've got a, we've definitely uh, got a really strong case to be made there in terms of what we're, we're providing our clients. I think if you look at the technology stacks that we have within our, um, our grasp within Hexagon Mining from mine planning, mine operations, um, mine safety or mine protect, sorry, our, mine, our autonomous pl pl program and enterprise platforms in behind that, we are connecting the dots very rapidly and we are connecting these solutions and we're connecting those sensors from the field back into the office for our, our clients and making sense of that data more and more and giving them insights that they've never been able to have. Um, so are we there yet? No, I don't think we're ever going to be able to define what yet is. I think that's a, a con constant goalpost that's going to continue to move over time. And as technology evolves, you know, that there's going to be new goals and new standards that we always want to strive for. Um, but I think where Hexagon is today is, is we're really, really well positioned to be able to take advantage of the technologies we've had. And I think our clients are really able to maximise the information and value out of our solutions today. And Larry and uh, Fabian as portfolio managers, any any final thoughts on that, uh, on the strategy and where we're at? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think we have a solid, we, we have a solid vision, we have a solid strategy. Um, I echo Rob's point, are we there yet? That That's going to be an evolving, uh, as Rob said, set a goalpost because as technology evolves and and we 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 see new uh, new capabilities coming, that's always going to be evolving. I think, like I said, I think we have a solid a solid a strategy, a solid foundation. Uh, we are developing and implementing um, components of that of that journey, and it is a journey. And and uh, I'm excited about being uh, being a part of it, and and look forward to what the future is going to hold for autonomous mining. Yeah, it does sound like a very uh, exciting future. Any final thoughts, Fabian? So as Larry mentioned, this is actually a journey. And uh, yeah, it will, it will evolve. So it will go by step by step and a continuous evolution. And um, yeah, it will take some time and we'll improve all, all over as, as we have more connections. So. So I I, uh, <clears throat> I feel like it would be remiss of me if I didn't uh, acknowledge Fabian's daughter in the room. We're all adapting to COVID-19. What's your daughter's name, Fabian? Thank you, Yuzuna. Zina. Well, Japanese name. That's a beautiful name. Well, um, I do appreciate you all joining me today. Uh, Yuzina, too. Uh, appreciate your insight. And uh, thanks again for, for your time, gentlemen. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. You bet. Uh, so a big thank you to our guests, Rob, Larry, Fabian, and Yuzina. For more information about today's topic, visit hexagonmining.com. To listen to additional episodes or learn more, visit hxgnspotlight.com. Thanks for tuning in.